0: show any day in the state-controlled red organic label and they will almost certainly recognise it. Since its introduction in 1987 as the first organic label of its kind in the world, it has become the best-known food label in Denmark and one of the most trusted. That's quite an achievement when you consider that organic foods only quite recently moved out of their niche and into the mainstream retail market. We talked to two of the people who are helping to drive Denmark forward as a world-leading nation for organic food. And as you're about to hear, theirs is a story built on passion, innovation and a sustainable mindset. I'm Kath Mersch and this is Food Nation, live at the People's Food Festival on the beautiful Danish island of Lolland. Hello and welcome to the Food Nation live podcast here at the People's Food Festival in the historic surroundings of Engstoftor Estate. And it's great to be here and be part of sharing the many good stories about the Danish food cluster and today, in particular, about Denmark as a world leader in organic food innovation. I'm Kath Mersch and I'm very pleased to introduce two of the people behind Denmark's organic success. Coming from uh, Europe's largest organic meat company and an up and coming enterprise that has created a whole new category in organic drinks. They represent organic innovation at its most diverse. Please welcome Henrik Biemann. Managing Director of Freeland and Borstein Hansen, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Copenhagen Sparkling Tea. (laughs) So I'm just gonna start with you now, Henike. Freeland began with a handful of farmers in Northern Jutland in 1992. Yes. And uh, the company now exports organic pork and beef products all over Europe. Yes. So what has driven Freelance since the beginning?
1: Um, I, I think it, it, it really begun with, with, as you say, a few farmers in, in the western part of Jotland, north, northwestern part of Then, and, and uh, I think we still claim to say that it is really the roots from, from there that still drives us. It's still the organic DNA that drives us. It's still the, the belief in the organic uh, thought. It's still the, the values that are behind the, the organic production that drives us.
0: Yes, and you've also had a very special collaboration along the way, I understand.
1: Yes, I think right from the start, uh, we, have, we had a cooperation with, with the Danish Animal Welfare Society. Uh, and they, have, they helped us in, in getting started and also to uh, along the years also to, in developing us in, in, in the way that we produce uh, the meat at the farms. So setting up the, the production protocols is, is done uh, in a very large degree in cooperation with, with them.
0: You also have the label on your products.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, so, so when you when you meet our, our fresh uh, meat products in, in an ordinary Danish supermarket, you will find uh, not only the organic claim on our products, but also. Uh, the claim that it is recommended by by the Animal Welfare Society as well. Yes, and
0: and how important is that to you for your product? I, I think
1: it is it is very important because it, it gives a credibility. Uh, it gives us a credibility uh, towards the Danish consumers when they meet it in in, in Danish stores. But it also, and, and and not not the least important, it also gives us a credibility towards our export customers, that we do have this cooperation. And and we actually own a company, a development company, together with Dames and Welfare Society, where we develop our concepts and and do experiments and and, and, uh, R&D actually projects in in developing the organic uh, meat production.
0: Mm I just wanted to ask you as well, how challenging is it to run an organic livestock production?
1: <laughs> well, I'm not a farmer, but it looks very challenging when I meet one. <laughs> uh, it is. It is uh, I, I think it is when you have chosen to produce, produce organic, no matter what product it is. I think you have chosen uh, a way that is not the, the straightforward way. Uh, you've chosen to go on a path that, that fewer people has, has gone, uh, and sometimes you're in the lead. So you're actually making the path on the way.
0: Hmm. but but even so the the organic farmers they've been uh, they 've been working on this project for for quite a long time now. I mean, yes. do you think anything has got easier at all over the years
1: um, <laughs> uh, Yes, I think so because there been, there's been there has been development in technologies of course and knowledge in knowledge in, in best practices and, and and the way of producing uh, products uh, on the other hand the the organic demands and our demands to our farmers has also developed so it 's not just finding out how to produce what was defined 25 years ago, it is, it is trying to finding out what is going to be produced in five years' time, which is challenging, and I think which is also setting demands and, and keep pushing demands to uh, to us and to our producers.
0: Mm. Yeah, and there's also something about um, the amount of antibiotics you're allowed to use in organic production, mm. because that's quite different, I believe, from conventional livestock production. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit it, about that?
1: Yes, if, you, uh, if you're producing organic, you're allowed to give your animal the treatment once. Uh, if you give it twice, it's not organic anymore. So uh, by that, the, the use of antibiotics is more strict, uh, and it is given to the animals the, the animal that are sick and no, nobody else, uh, and, and only this one time. So it, it's, of course, very expensive if you then have to, to say this animal is now no longer organic.
0: Yeah, and I know that also you've got to persuade the retailers and the consumers to buy your product mm. once it's out there. So mm. what do you think motivates them to actually buy your product, which has actually meant that you've become such a successful company?
1: I think in the consumer end, and I think that goes, no matter whether we talk about Danish consumers or French or German consumers, is that typically you meet three aspects of choosing organic. One is, uh, I believe it's good for me or my family, and, 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 and it's a choice I make up for that reason. Uh, the other one is, uh, I think it's good for the animals. Uh, it's a better level of animal welfare. Uh, and the third part is that it's, it's good for, for the world, for the globe. It's a choice of uh, using less pesticides, for example, and, and protecting groundwater and, and, and arguments like that that we typically meet.
0: Right. Okay, Henrik, now I know that you have worked within the food industry for most or all of your career so far. Yes. Uh, but, Bo, the food industry is very new to you. It's quite a new career move. So what inspired you to take this step?
2: Good question. Um, Actually, I just got a phone call uh, in the summer of uh, 2016. Uh, At that time I was uh, sort of like vice president in in a big pension fund and uh, one of my friends just said, you have to meet Jacob, he has made a tremendous uh, product. And then I looked at uh, some of the tests he has been doing and uh, put it in front of my wife and some of her friends and the reaction I got was just uh, absolutely uh, amazing. And uh, then I, I used to be a consultant, and then I did my check, uh, who's our competitors, and I couldn't find any, and uh, what is this? And uh, then I said, uh, okay, let's try it. And then I just uh, I quit my job. Uh, my wife was not uh, completely uh, agreeing on that at that time, but now she's, she's starting to see that uh, I'm more happy, which is, uh, of course, very important, and it's also going uh, okay.
0: Yeah, so. I think so too. But obviously, there's one thing to develop a new product, Uh, It's quite another to get consumers on board. But I believe that there was a particular trend um, that your product was in line with.
2: So uh, what we see uh, also in Denmark, but especially uh, I think maybe in London now, is something called uh, NOLO, which stands for No and Low Alcohol. That's a whole new uh, category. All the big players in the, in the drinks market, they're looking at how can we do low-alcoholic drinks, how can we do uh, non-alcoholic drinks due to health, due to um, basically just better living. And, um, yeah, we are lucky enough to be part of that wave. Yeah. Or
0: trend. Uh, yes, but, but why organic, though? Why, why was that something that you just took on board right from the beginning?
2: So, for me, uh, it's been a hygiene factor for a long time. We wanted to create the best low and non-alcoholic sparkling beverages in the world. We want to create this category. And to create the best, you need the best ingredients. And for me, there's, not a, there's no doubt that the organic ingredients are so much better than the <coughs> conventional ones. So, so it was a natural choice. The target group, women in, in all ages, they expect healthy or semi-healthy products to be organic today, especially in the Nordics.
0: Right. So. And is it true to say that you have been quite a trendsetter within this particular area?
2: I mean, we've started a new category, so of course we are some kind of uh, trendsetting. I think it's difficult to talk about that because we're just, uh, you know, doing our day-to-day, but yesterday we got a new Michelin restaurant in Macau, a two-star Alain Ducasse restaurant, and uh, we have a three-star in Hong Kong, we have a lot in, in other countries, and. Uh, when they approve it, that's sort of like where I get very proud because then it's not just us thinking we're doing our best product. It's actually been approved at the, the highest possible level. So, mm. so maybe we're a trendsetter. We have to see.
0: But can you just tell us a little bit more about the product as well?
2: Yeah. So uh, it's tea. Uh, it's sparkling. It's a, a cold infusion of teas. Not one tea, but white teas, green teas and black teas together. We have a fantastic, complex, deep taste, but based on basically either 5% alcohol or 0% alcohol. And it can be drank as you would drink a sparkling wine, and, and the taste is just, it's just very good. It's very different from each type, and, and it's suitable for Asian cuisine or for, for some uh, special uh, Nordic dishes, which type you prefer. Mm. So you have to try it yeah. to, uh, to understand it.
0: Well, it sounds great. <laughs> But it is a fact, isn't it, that organic products, they typically come at a premium price. But is it true that the quality is also premium, as many people believe it is? Uh, perhaps you'd like to, to answer that first, Henry.
1: Yeah, I think we, we, we have to say then perceived quality, yes. Uh, absolutely. I, honestly, if, you, if, you, if you're in a blind test, ask consumers to tell whether this pork chop is uh, organic or, or, or conventional, then it's probably difficult to tell the difference. But Quality is many things, and there are much more to quality than just the taste and a blind taste to that. And on, on, on all the other terms of quality, uh, I, I would also claim that, yes, organic is, is, is better than, than conventional uh, in, uh, in this. Uh, and I think also the proof is, of course, that, that the consumers and our customers are, are, are willing to pay uh, sometimes more than double uh, of, of what, what the conventional uh, comparable product is. Uh, they wouldn't do that if if the perceived quality wasn't uh, uh, at par with that.
0: Yes. Okay, right. Thanks for that. And uh, obviously now I'm going to move into a completely different category with the uh, the premium beverages. And um, obviously your beverages are being sold to some of these uh, Michelin restaurants. So why is the organic aspect important to them?
2: Basically, they are striving to get the best possible uh, quality, and that is normally the organic part. Of course, uh, in the wine world, because it's so difficult to change from conventional to organic, you will see developing a little bit slower, but it will also evolve in the, in, you have the, the natural wines, uh, you get a bo- more organic wines, you'll have vegan wines, uh, and it's the same for, for us in, in the tea world. Uh, it's, it's, it's about getting the, getting the quality, but also their customers, they expect Uh, more and more out of the products uh, from uh, sourced nearby the restaurant uh, being organic uh, all these kinds of things Uh, the new nordic cuisine is based on these principles and we're just following that path
0: yes and clearly both your businesses are growing so consumers are obviously buying more and more of your products so why do you think the trend towards organic food and drink keeps on growing and uh, both here in Denmark and on your international markets
1: I think that one, one reason for this is that you see, first of all, you see uh, more consumers having more more uh, financial possibilities to buy more expensive food. Um, that, that's one thing, and that's sort of a prerequisite. Uh, I think the, well, once you have that, uh, I think the, the, the most important thing that drives it is that we, we do see a trend in all over Europe, and I guess all over the world, actually, that the consumers are more and more interested in also knowing what kind of food it is that they're getting, or drinks uh, that, that, they're, that they're getting. So, and, and, and the possibilities of finding that out through internet, social media, and what have you, is much easier today than it was just ten years ago, mm-hmm. or five years ago.
2: I totally agree. Um, they want to know the story behind the product. So I actually think I've just been on a tech conference this week, and I heard about 5G, new mobile and I think you'll probably be able to see the place where the chicken has been growing, you'll see live pictures when you're in the shop, you want to see people picking the tea leaves, all that stuff is going to be more and more evolving. Uh, You want to know everything behind the brand and of course it's not a good story to show a chicken in a little cave or a tea leaf sprayed with a lot of chemicals. So the honest, true products are the ones that will survive in the world of where everything is transparent.
0: Mm, yeah and in terms of your new drinks category the organic mindset in Denmark has existed for some time now how do you feel that has contributed perhaps to the success of your new enterprise
2: so we're a little bit more lucky because uh, at the moment on the Danish market there's not a conventional product that is uh, 40 50% uh, cheaper, so people don't have a, they can only choose our product or they have to drink something else What is happening uh, right now is, now we're organic, and then we will move on to biodiversity. We'll talk about the UN Global Goals. Everything will be in place.
0: Yes, and that was actually my next question. Um, About this organic mindset, could it be part of the answer to today's uh, sustainability challenges? Let's start with you, Henrik.
1: It definitely can. Uh, Is it today? No. Uh, we're on the way, yes, but we're, we're not at all at, at, uh, at, uh, at, the, goal, at the finish line. Uh, I think we're on the way, and we are well on the way uh, on many parameters. Uh, we are, when you look at the organic production and you look at, at comparing that with, with the sustainable development goals from, from the UN, th- there are many, many parameters where I think organic can, can tick the boxes and say, yes, we are, we, 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 we're certainly on the way. But there are also points where we are not. Uh, and, and I think it's important that we acknowledge that in the, in the industry and then set out to say, okay, how do we progress, how do we make sure that, that within the frames of, of, the, of the goals then, then develop. I think it's very important that we then not focus then on one goal and then forget about the rest. But, and I think that that's where I think that the UN uh, sustainability goals are a very strong tool if they are used uh, in a balance.
0: Yes yeah would you agree with that Paul
2: Yeah I think uh, from a commercial uh, perspective there will be a huge demand for products delivering uh, to these uh, kinds of goals uh, just look at the the youngest generation their perception on how you you know the whole thing of picking up waste at the moment not using plastic all these kinds of things they will drive they will create a demand and uh, and I don't see that should be a bad thing to be commercial if if it's going to to help the the planet
0: so. That's right Thanks to, to both of you, Henrik Biemann from Freeland and Borstein Hansen from Copenhagen Sparkling Tea for joining us today and uh, if you'd like to hear this podcast again it will be available on demand on the Food Nation Denmark website so keep an eye out on that and enjoy the rest of the festival. That was the Food Nation live podcast at the People's Food Festival in 2019. Two exciting days of debates, talks and workshops. If you'd like to know more about organic food production in Denmark, check out our other organic news and publications on our website, foodnationdenmark.com.